to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Deidre Shen, founder and CEO of Capshow, software that helps entrepreneurs turn their stories into content that converts. Now, we believe that every entrepreneur who has had to overcome their own internal struggles is remarkable. And it is this exact remarkability that needs to be shared so that they can positively impact the world. So stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest in 20 or 25 minutes. So let's go. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I have someone so cool that I'm going to be chatting to for you to listen to. This is Chrissy Thompson from Dynamo Events. Welcome, Chrissy, to the podcast. Thanks so much. Great to be here. Amazing. Okay, so I know that you have had a bumper of a story and you have been hit by COVID. Like if we talk about one of the biggest industries, you are definitely in that storm, in in the eye of the storm there. So but before we get into that, I do want you um, to tell us a little bit about what you do um, and what Dynamo events, how that came to be really. Yeah, great. So thanks again for having me. I'm Chrissy Thompson with Dynamo Events. And um, I started the company in 2016 uh, after working in-house at a software company uh, running the global event marketing strategy there. So we've been around since 2016, which makes us about five and a half years old now. And like you said, yes, that includes about two years of COVID in there. So um, lots of fun stuff in there that I'm happy to dig into. Um, But yeah, how we got started was it was just me. I called myself a CEO the day I started the company, even though I was the only employee, which is kind of funny. I mean, maybe I shouldn't have done that, but I think it was actually (laughs) a good thing for me um, in terms of manifestation and visualization type stuff. Um, And then, yeah, over time, grew the company to we're at five um, team members now. Three of us are in the U.S. and two in the Philippines. Um, and so, yeah, it's been it's been a crazy ride. Um, very fun. We started really serving the tech industry initially. So um, that's where I came from. Like I said, I was working at a software company before I started Dynamo. So that was really a lot of where my network was. And that's how I really built the business at the beginning um, and then grew it from there. And we work with a few different industries now. But for the most part, our core business is event planning and management. Um, but now just as of this year, we're getting into coaching as well. So pretty exciting. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So I, I'm so fascinated. So you, back in 2016, uh, I want to go back to that moment when you were like, I need to do this. <laughs> if yeah. that was a moment, I don't know. But why don't you take us all the way back there? And where did the seed of this idea come? How did it come about? Totally. So I feel like it was a combination. Like there was a slow burn of me, like coming to the realization that this could be real for me. And then there was one moment where I decided. Um, So yeah, I was, like I said, working in-house and having a lot of fun, growing a lot, growing my network, learning a ton on someone else's dime. I definitely think that was um, a worthwhile endeavor for me. Um, But I was honestly listening to podcasts a lot at that time. I, I lived in San Francisco and I would walk to work. I would walk to and from work and it was about 40 minutes each way. Very hilly, by the way, in San Francisco. I got a great workout, um, but I learned a lot too. I actually listened to this podcast called The Eventual Millionaire. And I really think that's the one that like put it in perspective for me. It was a, a host that interviewed millionaires and how they had gotten there. And they were all entrepreneurs. And I was, I over time was like, these people actually sound like me. Like I could potentially be this person. Um, and it kind of just over time became more real to me. 
Um, and then when I was a few years into the, the job that I came from, my boss had left to go to another company and I had a new boss that I just wasn't really jiving with. We just didn't really have a relationship. She was kind of, you know, she was like a very like big company CMO. Um, and we just didn't have a super close relationship. And I felt like I was maybe plateauing in my role, not really knowing what I should do next. And I got dinner with my previous CMO, who was a really good, who became a really good friend and was definitely a mentor to me um, at that time and up till today. And I just was like, you know, what should I, what do you think I should do? Should I work with a recruiter, look for a new job? I sort of mentioned in passing that I was, you know, wanted to eventually uh, start my own event planning company. And he said, well, I am about to launch this conference at my new company and I'd, I'd love to help you get it off the ground if I can. And obviously that was the point where I was like, it did take me a little time to make that decision. Like, can I actually do this? Like a matter of a few days and talking to my parents and, and people that I valued their opinion, but it just seemed like too good of an opportunity to pass up. Like it was a great logo, a great anchor client, clearly a great relationship. And frankly, I didn't think that anyone else would really trust me to put that big of an event on without a, you know, without any experience, at least running a company. So, which, you know, I have, I have thoughts about that now. Maybe that, maybe that was just like a limiting belief thing, but anyway, it helped me get over the hump and, um, and start Dynamo. So yeah, lots of, lots of stuff in there, mentorship, relationships, um, education, kind of teaching myself, um, and to think about, think like an entrepreneur, that type of stuff. So yeah, that, that's how it started. And there's of course been tons of learning since then too, but yeah. So yeah. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. So, um, how, how quickly did all of that happen? So obviously, uh, you spoke to your mentor, he said, Hey, do this, or why don't you think about doing this? And then was it just like in the matter of days that, you know, you, did you quit as well? And, you know, go full time into like, yeah, how did yeah. all that happen? I think probably from when I had that conversation, it probably took me a few days to actually decide like, yes, I'm going to do this after talking to family and, and, you know, a few other people, I just valued their opinion. And then I did give my notice at my job. So I didn't like quit and just bounce. I, I loved my job. Actually, I loved the company. I, I loved all my colleagues. It was a hard decision in that sense. Um, but I just knew, I just knew it was the right decision. Um, and so I gave my notice, I think I gave two weeks or something like that, which is pretty short. Um, and then I just went out on my own and then later my old company became a client as well. Um, which is, so I was thinking maybe that could happen too. Like maybe I'll still be able to continue to work with these people in a new way. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was pretty quick and I just went for it and I figured it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, cause I know that you, you mentioned as well that you had self-limiting beliefs. Now I, I, this stuff fascinates me because, and I, I, why I love talking about it so much is because we all have them, like all yeah. of us, no matter what level we're at, we continue to have self-limiting beliefs. I'm a big, big believer in that. And I'm always fascinated by how we work through them. Like, I guess I know my own ways, but I love hearing how other people work through them. So can you talk about, yes, yeah, some of those self-limiting beliefs that really, um, especially at the beginning, um, were kind of like getting in your way or you could, you knew that they were getting in your way. And then how did you actually work through them? Yeah, definitely. I, okay. So I'll tell you the big one that I've reflected on the most recently, especially now that I'm getting into the world of coaching and 
thinking about the mistakes that I made or just things that have, that held me back in the beginning. Like how can I help people not go through those same things? Mm. Um, I think the biggest one that I had was, which is crazy to me because I love money. I have great feelings about money, but I think it was like a money mindset thing, especially in the beginning. So yeah. So like I said, it was just me in the beginning. I called myself a CEO, but I was the only employee Um, I only started getting contractors maybe a year in to start helping with actual event planning. Um, You know, I had, I had other contractors helping with, with other stuff that wasn't sort of client fulfillment type stuff, but about a year in, I, I, I uh, got my first contractors helping with that. And I didn't actually make my next full, my first full-time hire until 2020 during COVID, which is crazy. Um, But anyway, going back to that beginning part, it was very rocky getting to the point of being able, well, actually really truly from 2016 to 2020, I'm, I had all these sort of pricing beliefs and relationship beliefs that I couldn't raise my prices. So I started truly as a freelancer, even though I called myself a CEO, I was charging freelancer rates, right? And so if, and I had, I had a lot of success getting a a bunch of clients at first from my really great network in Silicon Valley. And I just had like this thing in my head that I couldn't raise my prices with those first few clients because they had helped me get Dynamo off the ground. And it was, no one said that to me. That was me telling myself that. And it's something that stuck with me for a long time. And frankly, it I'm sure it hurt my ability to grow. Like it was stifling because I couldn't then pay someone else, a freelancer or full time, um, in order to help me. I couldn't get that labor to help me actually continue to take on new clients and grow and remove myself more and more from um, the actual client work. So that's that's definitely one that I really would love to help people with because it's really only something that I've realized recently that I did mm-hmm. that that you know, I, I think about what could have happened, how much I could have grown and frankly, how, uh, how much better I would have been at actually delivering services to clients had I charged the right rates and really moved into an agency rate. So going from like a freelancer rate to an agency rate so that I had enough margin to be able to bring more people in to help. So, yeah, so that's, that's definitely the biggest one. Um, which like I said, is crazy to me because I, I feel like I have no issues around money. I love money. I love I love capitalism, but I don't know. It was something that I just kind of I stuck with, um, especially because I valued those relationships so much. But I'm sure if I had asked for, if I had said, this is our new rate, this is what's going on, I, we're growing, I have to bring people in, that it would have been fine. You know what I mean? So, um, so yeah. I, I, totally, I totally understand because I also absolutely struggle with money mindset too. Yeah. Um, so I, I totally get what you're saying. So can you tell, like, did you end up, I mean, are you still working with those clients and did you actually end up raising your rates? How did that yes. go? Ultimately <laughs> over time, we like, <laughs> but I don't know, yeah. I was probably charging $90 an hour or something at first, which is a nice freelancer rate. But now, now we charge a $150 per hour agency rate. And that's for anyone's hours across the agency. So if it's me or anyone on my team, it's, so it's sort of a blended rate. Um, that, that we charge. So, so yeah, everyone is paying that now, which is great. Um, but yeah. And so how did, how did that conversation, can I just ask, how did that conversation go with those initial clients? Like, and how did you feel about broaching? So funny. 
I can't even remember. I don't know if I blocked this out or if it just really was not that big of a deal. Like it really was just like, this is our new rate. Yeah. I can remember one actually. And I kind of just did it over email and it was fine. Yeah. It, it just, it was totally fine and everyone's paying it and everyone's still a client. So isn't that so funny how we do that to ourselves, how we twist ourselves into knots like that. And really they're just like, I was just waiting for you to ask me to pay you more. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Which, yeah. Which on, as a, uh, buyer of other people's services Mm. too, sometimes that's, I like, I, I, if someone came to me and said that, like, and I value them that much, like, yeah, no problem. Like, and I'm, I'm happy to do it. So yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Crazy. We get ourselves into these knots. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's, let's, um, fast forward a little bit, uh, and COVID hitting. Can you talk us through that period and what that meant for your business? Yes. Um, Okay. So this was crazy. So I had finally gotten to a point where everything, we had our entire 2020 booked out for the amount of work that we wanted as a team, which was, I was so proud of this. Like it was February. We had just signed some big contracts and one one really nice benefit, by the way, of events is that you start planning pretty far out, especially live events. Um, so it is nice to know that you've got like a book of business, you know, mm-hmm. a year or a little bit more ahead. So it felt really good. Um, but then, yes, COVID hit and everything yeah. got crazy. I did have um, some cancellation clauses in my contracts that protected us. However, I really, and I actually talked to my dad about this a lot at the time, like, what should I do? I just really valued his opinion. Um, Like, should I collect all these cancellations or should I work with my clients to readjust our contracts, start potentially doing virtual events for them, um, or just give them credits for live events in the future. And at the time, I certainly did not think it was going to be two years that those credits would yes. last. I, and actually I did put a, a year expiration on them, but I, I didn't even think that they would last that long. That is ultimately what I did with most of our clients. There was one brand new client that I just collected the cancellation. Um, but there were a few contracts that I realized did not have con- uh, cancellation clauses in them that protected us. So it was rocky for sure. So not only with, you know, cash flow woes and all the things, but also like, okay, we need to get creative. What else can we do? What are our, what, how can we take our skills and our expertise and, and start using it in a new way to help our clients who are also going through a really hard time? Um, which by the way, it was mostly tech clients at that time. We had like a, one real estate client as well. But they were all really like they were all heavily invested in live events for the most part as well, expecting to get a lot of leads from those events over the year. And so then this huge amount of pressure was put on them to reappropriate all of that onto online. And how are they going to get the same amount of leads to then convert and still hit their sales goals? So they were they were they at the same time were dealing with all these issues internally. So ultimately, we pivoted to virtual. Everyone hates that word pivot, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's the perfect word. Yeah. That is what we did. We frankly did not do virtual events before that. We had, I mean, we had streamed our conferences before, and I should have said this. We mostly focus on conferences. So it's usually like B2B conferences, anywhere from like 200 to 1,000 people. And we had streamed keynotes before to like Facebook Live or, you know, a landing page that our, one of our clients had built. 
but it was there was really not a lot of thought that went into the digital experience prior to COVID. So there was a lot of learning. Um, myself and my my right hand Mackenzie, we both did um, something called the PCMA Digital Strategist Digital Strategist Certification. So we were just like, what can we do? Like, what education exists out there that we can latch onto and also, you know, put something next to our name. So if you see on my LinkedIn, it says DES next to it. So I, that's like the certification acronym. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was good. It was a good look in terms of uh, showing people that, okay, we do digital events now, but honestly, it, nothing compared to actually doing events online. So there was, there was a lot of learning. And, um, one of our clients actually was, is, is a, uh, webinar platform. So that was, they were blowing up and that was just very lucky that they had so many programs to try to just capture as much market share as they could. And, um, essentially used us as an extension of their marketing team during that time. So that really helped us get through the summer, um, and really 2020, I guess, and then yeah. from there, we started really doing a lot more um, virtual work with the rest of our client base. So that's what happened. But now we're getting back into live, which makes my heart so happy because <laughs> as much as I'm grateful for virtual, and I think it has a really good place and makes a lot of sense for certain marketing programs, um, really my heart's in live events. So I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. excited to be getting back into that. Yeah. Awesome. And then you did mention that um, you are also going to coaching. So tell us a little bit about that decision and that journey. Yes. So this has been something that's been on my mind for a while, uh, but I never really could dedicate or decided to prioritize to dedicate time to this. Um, So yeah, it just started uh, in the fall, kind of putting my, my thoughts together around what this could look like. And we just did our first challenge to try and get our first coaching clients last week. Um, And so, yay, now I can officially say I'm a coach. We had um, a few people move forward. So really excited. It's a beta group. So I think that's a nice little way to uh, test coaching. Um, And yeah, so with that group, it's it's really coaches and entrepreneurs who want to run live events uh, to help grow their businesses. So it's really an audience that usually can't honestly afford our full service um, offerings, like what we've been doing, our core, our core business that we've been doing up to today. Uh, typically like that audience can't really afford our, our agency level rates. So it's kind of like, a here's, here's everything we use and you can use it to train your internal team to put on really top notch events that look like you're working with a really high end agency, um, using all of our systems and our vendors and all that. So that's fun. We're testing that. And then we're going to test, um, reaching out to basically like me five and a half years ago, as well as going to be like a new audience, um, to really help with all those, like I said, all the mistakes that I made and all the things that I didn't have to do. If I had the resources, um, it just would have been, I think very valuable. So I'm going to, I'm also going <laughs> to do something for that audience for someone who's as in just people left who want to get in. Yeah. If they want to the live event business. Right. So like if you yeah. want to, if you envision yourself in five years being like a boutique event agency owner to mm-hmm. either help start your, start your own event planning business, corporate event planning, um, or if you're just like in the first few years and you just started during COVID, um, which by the way, I like read an article on LinkedIn yesterday. It's, I think new business applications are up like 53% versus where 
they were at pre-COVID. So I think a lot of people are leaving their corporate jobs to start doing their own thing. So hopefully it's a good opportunity there um, to help people. Yeah. And and obviously my story like really resonates a lot more with that audience because I am them. <laughs> so yes. yeah. yeah. So I yeah, so I'm excited about that. Um so yeah. Yeah. Cool. And I did want to, that's a great segue actually to my next question because our audience uh, do believe in the power of storytelling because uh, it's all about that's how we create human connection. So can you talk us through some ways that you share your story, uh, what platforms you do, um, and, yeah, like, do well, first of all, do you share your story, eh? And then if you do, how? <laughs> yeah, good question. I haven't honestly put a whole lot of um, effort into it previously, but I am going to now. Um, we actually, yeah, so we're actually going to start a podcast, very exciting, um, in the next few months and part of, part of that will be my story in there. Right. But I want to share the stories of other small business owners in the events agency as well. Um, but yeah, for now, I, I think social media probably is, is the biggest way that people get to see me on our Dynamo social media accounts. And I'm like, I'm totally an open book with everything. So, um, yeah, I think I think people I think you would get a good idea of who I am if you just followed me on social. Um, but I it is, you know, a a more perfected version of things. So I'm I'm definitely gonna be opening up in the coming years and, and oh, that's just exciting. totally yeah. Just sharing, yeah. you know, because especially in the events industry, it's like everything must be perfect and like yes. no one can know what's going on behind the scenes to make it look so perfect. Um, but I, I, I want to change that because I'm, I don't think there's a reason our clients love us and like our event production clients love us. I don't think that they're going to, you know, think less of us if I share some issues that I had, uh, growing the business, you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, I think it's worth it. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Stay tuned. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm so excited because I love seeing, I, I love reading people's stories and, and seeing them really come to life in that way. Um, okay. So where's your business headed? Like where do you see yourself investing for growth? Um, and also from a marketing perspective as well, um, more so. Yes. So we are now actually booked out for 2022 for event production work, which is awesome. So we're not accepting new clients for any live event, uh, full service, um, services for this year, which is great, but that is by design so that I can leave. I left a certain amount of time in my schedule and my hours for the year that I'm thinking I'll have, um, to, to grow the coaching side of the business, which is, you know, obviously a completely new line of business for us. So, so yeah, that is what things are going to look like. I think ideally in my vision for the future, it'll be half and half, half of our revenue and half of our time will be full service versus coaching, but, um, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. And then as far as marketing goes, as I mentioned, we just did a challenge that ended last week and that was really more for coaches and entrepreneurs, but we are going to be doing a challenge in April for um, folks who want to either start their event planning company or are just like right at the beginning stages and want to grow it. So that will be the next big campaign. And beyond that, we are also getting into Facebook groups. So that's going to be interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we're going to be starting Amazing. some Facebook groups. Yeah. And okay, kind of cool. like promoting some of those, some of those campaigns within the Facebook groups too. So yeah, lots of, awesome. lots of fun things ahead. Yeah. yeah lots of things. Um, okay. So the other thing too, I did want to ask you, um, because obviously you've had experience, you know, scaling or growing a team and a lot of people, obviously that's, you know, a big 
bugbear in a way. It's like, oh, I know I need to grow a team or I want to scale, but it's it's hard to do that or don't know where to start or, you know, all these things come up. So can you just quickly talk us through almost your thought process going to that? And then my second question off the back of that is going to be, and then where to next for you in terms of your next hires? For the team. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, like I said in the beginning, I don't know that I want to wrap about this the right way in terms of my pricing strategy and being able to hire someone full-time as quickly as I could have. Um, but yeah, definitely that first hire was someone who was doing client delivery services, very, you know, all billable hours, right? So all very revenue focused role. And that was definitely great in terms of being able to allow me some time to, um, free up some time for me to, you know, put my creative marketing hat on and, and see and strategic hat of, of what the future might look like. Because if I was so in the weeds all the time, you know how it is. You just, you, it's, it's hard to, to see ahead um, when you're yes. so in the weeds. So definitely made sense to make, be my friend, my first full-time hire to be um, someone who could really focus on client delivery. And then after that, I, I, we definitely have had some different freelancers over the years who are also focused on client delivery. And especially within the events industry, it's very common to hire for spe- like specific projects. So that's, that's worked well where you're not um, sort of making a hire for, you know, you can guarantee a certain number of hours per week, yeah. but you, you know when the hours are going to hit for a project. So that has worked well. And then right now, the rest of our team is my executive assistant slash event coordinator. So she does kind of a mix of admin and she also does some client delivery stuff that's more focused on like registration management, attendee management, travel management. And then we have one event coordinator who sits under that first full-time hire to really support all the client delivery stuff for event production. And then I just um, brought someone on in the Philippines to do uh, marketing and administration, marketing, she's, what is her role? Marketing and administrative assistant. So she's going to be like 80% marketing and then 20% helping me deliver the course or courses awesome. in the future. So, so yeah, that's the team right now, but those actually those two last tires were very, very recent. So within the last couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't have any plans to make any more hires in the future. I think I want to settle in with that, but I'm very excited yes. about this, this makeup of the team really. Yeah. It's like, it feels like a good mix of just like revenue focused for the most part and then growth focused for a little bit of it. So yeah. Yes. Totally. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with you. Like, I think a lot of reasons why we hold ourselves back from even making that first hire, even if they're uh, someone in the Philippines, someone really cost effective, is because it's like, oh, well, if they're only doing admin tasks, I'll put that in inverted commas, then I could just easily, uh, just as easily do that, do that myself and not have to have any kind of financial burden. Um, and But if you can put a growth or sales focus on every, to everyone that you bring into yeah. the team, then it just absolutely changes the mindset. Um, totally, so. totally. Yeah, totally with you. Yeah, the the team for event production, obviously very clearly tied to revenue because it's mostly billable hours. And then the team that is not doing client delivery yet, it's all marketing. So yeah, I'm totally yeah. with you. It feels really good. Like we're, it feels smart. I don't feel like I'm doing anything like, you know, that's wasteful or inefficient. So yes. I love that. Totally. Love that. <laughs> yeah. All right. Awesome. Okay. Well, this has been so helpful for everyone listening to this, Chrissy. Uh, thanks so much for sharing your story and, you know, your experiences. If anyone is interested in seeing what you have to offer, and I know that you have, you have a few things that you're offering, but maybe the one on. or two main things. Yeah. Where's the best place for them to go? 
Yeah, definitely. So um, our, we're most active on Instagram. So if you find us at Dynamo Events Co. with C-O at the end, so Dynamo Events with an S, C-O, um, just reach out to us there. Our, our biggest focus right now is um, going to be the Facebook group. So if you're interested in joining any of our, any of our Facebook groups, just, just message us the word group and we'll let you know about them. Amazing. All right. Well, we will definitely share those in the show notes as well. Uh, Thank you so much, Chrissy, for joining us. And for everyone else, if you love this episode, please leave us a review, a rating, uh, share with all your friends, subscribe to this podcast, and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Deidre Shen here. Thank you so much for listening to the Remarkable Entrepreneur Podcast. Now, if you are a successful online entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, then please visit go.theremarkableentrepreneurpodcast.com slash podcast dash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you please share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials and tag me. I'm at Deidre Shen. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media as well and let them know about the show. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. Now, we are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, reviews go a long, long way to help promote the show. And it means a lot to me and my team. And if you want to know more, go to our website, djshen.com. Follow me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. My Facebook group is actually called The Remarkable Entrepreneur. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Deidre Shen. Thanks so much for listening and we will see you next time.